Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, Hamelech, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor and Rabbi, Billy Elias. So tonight we are going to begin, uh, I guess, a mini-series, I guess you would say, or it's going to be a series on Teshuva. Elul 1 has come and gone, and we are now in the 40 days of repentance that begins with Elul 1 and ends with Yom Kippur. And it's an interesting time of year because, you know, um, one of the most famous, uh, well, I guess famous, I don't know if that's the right word, but one of the most popular scriptures that, that are read in the synagogues uh, during this time is Songs 6, and I believe it's Songs 6-6, six, six, where everybody's familiar with it, where I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. Um, of course, now when we talk about the month of Elul, and that will be something for um, another week or another uh, devotional, the month Elul, when spelled out in Hebrew, was actually an acronym for Songs chapter 6, where it Again, where it says, I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. So right away, when we start to talk about what this month means in the Hebraic mindset, um, and we talk about teshuva, it's important for us to know that it is a 40-day period of repentance. Teshuva in Hebrew basically means to repent. I'm not going to get into you know anything else at the moment because... There's other things that I love about this particular season. Not only is it a time of repentance, but it, 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 it's a time, a special time that the Jews would celebrate about their relationship with God himself, with Hashem. Now, one of the things I like about these 40 days this season, well, not the 40 days, the season leading up to Rosh Hashanah. So we begin in Elul 1 and the season of Teshuva comes to its close, beginning in Rosh Hashanah and then of course ending at Yom Kippur. But the Jews have a special name for this particular time of season. They have a lot of names for a lot of different festivals as, as some of you, again, if you if you get the, um, the, the book that I wrote on Rosh Hashanah, The Gates to Heaven Are Opened, we go through greetings for Rosh Hashanah, but we also go through several of the names uh, that the Feast of Rosh Hashanah is about. And obviously, they all have a very, very big messianic implication, um, and some, in some cases, a messianic fulfillment. So it's important that we understand these things when it starts to come to not only the Jewish, the Jewish culture, but even biblically, these little things are hidden. If, you know, we're not looking for them, they, they escape us. Now, one of the, the um, what I like about this season is it is called the king is in the field. The king is in the field. Hamelech Basadeh. The king is in the field. Now, for over, I don't know, several millennia, it has been said that during Elul, the king is in the field, right? So what that means is the king of Israel would, would leave his palace um, in Jerusalem and he would go into the fields. 
And it, and 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 this is very. It is based. It is based on um, uh, Psycho Chronicles nineteen fourteen, where the King Jehoshaphat, who lived in Jerusalem, um, would come out of the palace. And Scripture says in Second Chronicles nineteen four, um, he would circulate among the people from Be'er Sheva she uh, or Be'er Sheva. Um, to the hills of Ephraim, bringing them back to Hashem, the God of their ancestors. So from almost from the beginning, when the king would come into the fields, right? So when he would come to the fields, he would not only come to greet the people and give them the opportunity to come before him without any kind of fanfare, without any kind of, um, you know, fancy dress or any of that stuff. He would come to the people would be able to come out and greet their king in the fields that they had been working over the year, you know, that whole entire year. And during that time, it was a time for them to gain an audience with the king and be able to approach him without all the fanfare and without all of the, 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 the pleasantries and all these diff the different ceremonies. So one of the things that when we talk about, the, you know, the king is in the field, obviously there is a messianic implication and a messianic portion to this. And it's a time of prayer, of course, and genuine repentance before God, who is showing goodwill and mercy to all men. Okay, so again, we've entered into a season of repentance, which is Teshuvah, and it is a time to repent, but what the sages would teach is at this time of year leading up to Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, the Feast of Trumpets. During this time, the, 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 the sages and the rabbis would teach that, that Hashem or God himself would give a special goodwill and mercy to all men. And they would have a message of joy. Uh, it, of course, this sounds very familiar. Um, because we know the archangel, or not the archangel, angel of the Lord, when he appeared to the shepherds in the field uh, at, right after Messiah's birth, he said, Behold, I bring you good news and good tidings of great joy. And that's the kind of, that's the verbiage that they would use, that the sages would use during this time of Syria when Elul would come and during this time as the Jews would now gather, the king would come from his palace to meet with the people. So, you know, obviously when we talk about the king going to the field and leaving the throne, right, we could see the messianic implications are very apparent. The king returns to Jerusalem um, as he goes out and as he begins his return to Jerusalem, he passes through the fields as he goes to his palace to take up his seat on the throne. Now, anyone who desires to get close to him can approach him with humility and in a spirit of repentance. And what would the big thing is here, the king would greet them with the desire for a relationship with them as he passes through the fields. So in other words, as he's going back to the palace, as he's going back to the palace to take up the throne, what would happen is as he passed through those who would want to come and see him, those who would want to come in humility and in a spirit of repentance would come before the king and the king would greet them and he would have a desire to begin a relationship with them.
And this happened only one time a year in, in the Jewish tradition. Now, the biggest part of this, which is where Rosh Hashanah comes into play, is once he enters his palace through the open gates, only those who have permission may enter with him. So what does that look like? So, you know, and again, not only what does that look like, but the biggest implication, now this is what the rabbis and the sages were teaching thousands of years before Jesus even walked the earth, was that when the king entered into the gates, you see, because when he left the palace, the gates to the palace were closed. But as they saw the king coming on his return after being in the fields, the gates to the, king, to the, to the palace were opened and then the king would walk through, and as soon as the king walked through the gates, the only people who were allowed to enter into the palace were the people that the king had approved of. The key people that the king gave permission to enter with him. In other words, those who had confessed him during his time in the fields. Those who took the time to go and meet him. Those who took the time in, in humility and in gentleness to greet their king and desire a relationship, you see. And this was tradition. This was cultural. After 10 days of being back in his throne room within the palace, the gates were closed. So one of the things I find very interesting about this season of Teshuvah, especially, like I said, the name, the king is in the field, Ha Melech Basadeh, um, is there are some things that the, the sages teach um, that about that Elul, this month, the Hebrew month that we're in, is a time with God. So they teach several things. So the sages teach that Elul is a time when God does four things, especially. Number one, when God receives you with a smiling countenance and for who you are. This is important because what the king of Israel would do is when he would receive it, he would always smile at the people. He would May, he would give them a very warm welcome, a very thrilling welcome. He, he would open up his heart to them. That's what he was supposed to do. And the biggest thing was that he would smile at them. So when they came close to him and he smiled, they were getting a smile from their king. Okay. So he would lift, in essence, his countenance up upon them. The sages teach that Elul is a time when God desires to hold you, to meet with you and establish a relationship with you or reestablish a relationship with you. You see, because during the year, there's a lot of things that happen, right? We, we, get, we get hurt, we are injured, we have relationship issues with people within the church, people without the church. We have relationship issues with people in our families, with husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, um, you know, whomever it might be. We have relationship problems. We have um, sins that we have fallen into, old behaviors that have come up. There's a lot of stuff that happens over the years, over the year, I should say. And what they, is celebrated in the month of Elul is your ability 
to now come before your king and not only confess them, but reestablish the relationship. To see, to take a self-inventory of what's happened over the last year and come before your king and say, Father, this is what happened. You know, I, I guess to use the term lordship or majesty, this is what happened. So it's important for us to understand that not only is the king going to receive us with a countenance, he's going to lift his face upon us with a smiling, happy countenance to see us. But it's also important to understand that this is a time when God desires to lift us up, to establish a new relationship with us or reestablish a relationship with us. Um, and, and again, these are two of the things that the sages have been, been teaching for thousands of years before Jesus even was born. The third thing the sages teach that Elul is a time when God desires to rest with us before Rosh Hashanah, before the gates to heaven are, are, are opened. In other words, this is a time of Shabbat. This is a season of Shabbat. Okay, well, yes, we're going to celebrate Shabbat on Fridays, and obviously Shabbat is any Jewish feast day. This is a time where Shabbat takes on something a little bit more special than it does any time, any other time of the year, because at this time, it's about our king receiving us in the field, see? So when, when the king comes from the palace and he walks through the fields, he's walking through the fields of grain. He's walking through the fields of wheat or the fields of barley or the fields that produce great harvest and great crops. You see, he's walking through these fields that are blessed. And those who come out to them to meet him are being blessed by their king. It's not just to walk up to the king, say hi, and leave. It's a time when you get to actually sit with your king. You get to rest with him alongside of him. And it happens just before, like I said, Rosh Hashanah, before the gates are opened. You see, because the sages teach on Rosh Hashanah, the gates to heaven are opened. And on Yom Kippur, the gates to heaven are closed. So... What we have now, if we're looking at the season of Teshuvah, and, and, and not, not obviously in the physical, but in the spiritual, the gates to heaven are closed. And when that great Rosh Hashanah happens, when the Messiah returns, the gates to heaven are open. So what we're experiencing right now is what that rehearsal should be like. You see, we don't, day, we don't know the day and we don't know the hour that the Messiah is coming, but we know he's coming during Rosh Hashanah. So this is the time of year, which is why it's so important in the life of any Jew, because they understand that Messiah is coming on Rosh Hashanah. Of course, with the Jewish community today, those who don't believe that Jesus is the, mess, the messianic fulfillment, they are waiting for him to come the first time, while those who have accepted the fact that Jesus is the Messiah, he is the Christ, he is the Savior. There is no way to heaven in any way, shape, or form, but through him, you see, what we're waiting for is the spiritual second coming, right? Where the spiritually, the physical gates in heaven will open. So that's what this is about, right? This season is to prepare us by being in the presence of our King, who is smiling on us with countenance and wants to have relationship with us, wants to sh have Shabbat with us. He wants to rest with us to prepare us. You see, because the day is coming 
when those gates are opened, but the only ones that can pass through the gates are those who are invited. Now, how do you gain an invitation? It's very simple. You simply believe and confess before men that Jesus, the glorious Messiah, the King of heaven and earth, is who he says he is. It's that sin. He was 100% man and he's 100% God and he came and walked this, the earth and he was died, resurrected, or he was crucified, died, and resurrected on the third day to overcome death so that we can have forgiveness. You see, that's the end result, isn't it, of what Teshuvah is. It's not about, not only about repentance, meaning to turn to God, but to establish or reestablish a relationship with Hashem, right? It's, but it's more than that, isn't it? It's about forgiveness. You see, my wife and I were speaking earlier this week, and she said, and we were talking about forgiveness, and we, we talked about how many times should we forgive, Lord, and, and, and the Messiah is saying 70 times 7, and the thing... And we're going to talk about forgiveness and what true forgiveness looks like and why do we forgive, when do we forgive, what are, you know, the rules of forgiveness, the rules of um, conflict resolution with a brother or a sister in Christ or in your family or whatever the case may be. But the idea behind repentance is forgiveness. And, and let me say this, it's, it is. There are many times that we have to forgive God for things that have gone wrong in our lives. Even though we don't understand it, and God is not the author of anything, chaos or confusion, but in our human flesh, we want to know why. So there are people, even in the church, that can't forgive God for certain things that happened. This is the time to say, Lord, I forgive you. This is the time to say, Heavenly Father, forgive me. Forgive me for what I've done. See, this is the time over these next 40, 38 days now, but... For these next 38 days, this is the time to make things right within the family, to make things right in relationships. This is the time to spend that extra time with Jesus. One of the things that I think is very important is to understand that this isn't only about turning away from sin, and it's not only about seeking forgiveness from Hashem for whatever it is that we've done. It's about being blessed. You see, when the sages teach that God is going to receive you, that the king, Hamelech, the king, um, when the king receives you, and in our case, of course, Jesus, our glorious Messiah, when he receives you, he receives you with a smiling countenance. It's throughout all rabbinic literature, sages for thousands of years. He receives you with a smiling countenance. So students of the word may remember now, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. Right? May Hashem bless you and keep you. May Hashem make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May Hashem lift his face towards you and give you peace. The king is in the field. And this scripture is a great 
lesson, it's 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 a um, it's a it's it's a great um, implication of what happens when we repent before God. The blessing that God bestows upon us by being near us, by protecting us with his grace and with his favor, by lifting his face to us so that we can see eye to eye with him and have a relationship that brings us shalom, that brings us peace. That's teshuva. We're turning back. And I began this by saying that Song of Songs begins, that the, the Psalms are being read, and Song of Songs is read in the synagogues, because it, it, in Song, Song of Songs 6, I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. Pastor Billy will continue his message in just a moment. If you would like more information about sermon series, books, and other study materials, you can call us at 732 314-1956 or you can email us at elanrestoration at gmail.com You can visit us on Facebook for Shabbat and service times. And now we conclude today's message with Rabbi Billy. So when you turn back to God or you establish or reestablish that relationship with Him, what you're saying is I am my beloved and you, my beloved, are mine. And God is soaring on you as, 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 as Solomon to the Shulamite bride saying, where have you gone? I desire to smell you. I desire to be with you. Come to these fields. Come to my garden so that we can have Shabbat, so that we can have rest, so that we can have completion, so that I can bless you. So that when I go back to my kingdom and the gates to the palace are opened and I can go onto my throne, you will be invited to my feast. Because the king is in the field right now. He's in the field 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We understand that. But during this, se this season uh, of, of preparation, the Jews are excited because it's the beginning of that season where they need to make things right because they know what Rosh Hashanah is coming and they know that Yom Kippur, which is the day of judgment or the day of atonement, not really the judgment, but the day of atonement is on its way. And we're going to be talking about the high holy days and all of these things, but what I wanted for you to take from tonight as we introduce the season that we've just entered in is that Hashem, Jesus, our glorious Messiah, is in the field and he's waiting. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the Old and New Covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace. Down to my